and welcome along to the Click Technology Show. This is a new technology show on 103.2 Dublin City FM, the show that talks about what's happening out there in the technology world today. And I'm Hilary Johnson. Coming up on today's show, we talk with Horacio Gonzalez-Velez about the new Cloud Competency Centre, which opened up in the National College of Ireland last Friday. We also have Russell Keating of Sony Mobile Ireland joining us to tell us about Sony's new flagship handset, the Sony Xperia T. And later on, I'll be filling you in on what's happening in the tech and games world this week. But first, we're joined by Horacio, head of the Cloud Competency Centre, which just opened up in the National College of Ireland on Friday. Horacio, you're very welcome. Thanks for the invitation. After a long weekend that we have here, I'm quite happy to start a week with this program. Yeah, and you had a successful end to your week with the, with the centre opening. Tell, tell us a bit about what the new Cloud Competency Centre is. Uh, basically, the new Cloud Competency Centre at the National College of Ireland, it's a centre that embraces uh, learning, research and industrial links in cloud computing. To a certain extent, I always said that cloud computing is one of the uh, most common terms these days. I mean, you can hardly uh, listen to a show or something without mm. actually hearing cloud computing. But how real is that and how people are embracing that? It's, it's a different story. So from that perspective, we say that cloud computing to a certain extent is like the unicorn. Everyone talks <laughs> about it, but no one has seen it. Yeah. The center is making this happen. It's making cloud computing happen by teaching it, researching on it, and having industrial links. Now, you are right about that unicorn. Like Cloud computing is such a buzzword going around at the moment. Yeah. Now, for, for the likes of me and my humble non-computer science um, degree background, for me, cloud computing was the likes of Microsoft SkyDrive or even, uh, you know, Google Docs, any internet storage program, which essentially allows you to pull down information to many devices. Now, I know that what you're doing in the center has got to be obviously more complicated than that. Mm-hmm. So can you explain a little bit about what what cloud computing means for you? Yeah, exactly. Well, I wouldn't be an academic if I don't start with the definition. The, the definition of cloud computing with what's coined in the late 90s, it's basically the exchange of computational resources over high-speed networks. And it entails basically elasticity, metering of resources, and pooling of them. Uh, normally, you have technologies like virtualization and others that may cloud computing, uh, make cloud computing what it is today. So in other words, cloud computing in all full flesh should be the exchange of resources with the possibility of being able to charge different fees to different people and the ability of summing different resources, such as computers, storage, and networks into a single pool. In other words, uh, Dublin City FM could potentially start a cloud infrastructure if they could charge listeners to use their infrastructure, sell it, and knowing exactly the same way as electricity could be. You could generate your own electricity, sell it, and have different services over electricity, different meters, at night charging different, and potentially selling some appliances that go with that electricity. That's what it's cloud computing about. That ability, but with computing. And the National College of Ireland and the centre, your centre, what kind of companies are you guys working with at the moment or are you just literally educating people to to send them out there to get jobs? Uh, We have a a great engagement with companies. In fact, uh, on Friday, as as you saw, we have uh, IBM, Dell and Microsoft, even included in the press release, 
and also SMEs, uh, small and medium uh, enterprises here in Ireland, which are supporting the whole endeavor. They are helping us basically to have this link between students, graduates that are going to be developing real-world projects with them in order to deploy real applications in cloud computing with the company. So that's the sort of industrial links that we are looking at. Yeah, and essentially my next question is going to be what what does cloud computing mean for the future of the computer science industry in Ireland? Well, according to uh, good body consultants in 2011, they uh, estimated that cloud computing was going to be uh, worth 9.5 billion euros for the cloud economy. So if you actually check that, uh, those figures with the ones make for the standard revenue tax revenue that it's paid by the financial services industry is about half a billion more than what they pay. So it's a huge opportunity, in other words. Yeah. 9.5 billion worth all the services in cloud computing in Ireland. So that's that's what we're talking about. So it can be a, a really game-changing opportunity. I mean, I, this morning I was doing a non-scientific uh, search in a portal, in a standard job portal, and there are 120 openings, job openings of cloud computing here in Ireland. So that's a sort of opportunity for at the macro level, at the macroeconomic level, 9.5 billion. At the microeconomic level, we're talking about a number of opportunities, careers for people to take. And so who's filling these jobs at the moment? Like, are are, are normal computer science degrees are gra- those graduates aren't able to just walk straight into these jobs they have to go to the center the cloud competency center first of all to get their masters or their postgrad to be able to walk into these is essentially the the feedback that we are getting from our partners from some multinational companies and even some SMEs that are being incubated at the National College of Ireland is that some of those positions are difficult to be filled It's very interesting because on the one hand, you see the the, uh, significant unemployment figures. And on the other hand, people are really finding difficult to uh, fill these positions. So what we do is uh, we're trying to train people to fill these positions. I mean, I cannot speak for all the employers, but what we are listening from them is that they are not finding the right people. Sometimes they say that they cannot make them to go. I mean, qualified candidates to make them interview for the positions leave alone actually hire them so it's it's great so we want to fill that gap and have good trained people at the from the national college of ireland yeah that's good and i actually just read recently this this week that um microsoft are looking for i think twenty thousand. they have they have an unnatural amount of job opportunities over in the u.s at the moment for Mm -hmm. um for computer science degrees uh graduates and uh, like they just can't they can't get the skilled it people over there at the moment that they're looking for i think it's is it hb1 or h1b um visa Visa. yeah they have to yeah yeah, they have you have to apply for h1 visa but there's a limit and that's that's a great difference from Ireland. Ireland is a great place. I mean, we are six Mm. out of the top 10 cloud providers are here. And Ireland is a great opportunity. I myself had just relocated to Ireland. And this country is a great opportunity. It's well posed to be 
the cloud computing capital of Europe. So that's what we want to contribute to well, in the yeah, NCI that, Cloud Computing Centre. That is essential. Like that's what we want here in Ireland is to generate our own economy and be able to kind of get ourselves out of this. We've spent so much money, um, you know, in terms of free education on getting our youth, uh, the youth of the day, educated, and then they're just being shipped off over, you know, here, there, and yonder because there's jobs over in the US for with Microsoft. So it's great to see that there are actually jobs in cloud computing here in Ireland. That's right, uh, and uh, we are trying at the to contribute to that at the NCI Cloud Competency Center by actually training people here in Ireland, offering a great uh, degree. And we are actually seeing that uh, we are in a unique position. I mean, you saw on Friday we had uh, Jeffrey Ullman from Stanford University. He's like a rock sponsored. star in the computer science exactly. world, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, he's definitely a rock star. I mean, I was comparing him if he was a, a standard author, I would compare him with James Joyce or yeah, Oscar yeah. Wilde. So that's the sort of figure that we had yesterday. Or we had on Friday at the NCI. And there is one uh, question I wanted to, or one issue I wanted to raise, like what's been recently hitting the headlines at the moment is that there's a bit of an environmental downside to cloud computing, that having servers running around the clock is one of the fastest growing sources of harmful carbon emissions. Now, I assume that your, what what are your views on that? I assume that your centre itself, does it host many, does it have this happening in, in NCIRL? Or is it is it something that you guys kind of really take into account being, you know, energy efficient and looking after our environment? We are highly committed to energy efficiency at the NCI and, and cloud computing is definitely helping us to somehow address those issues. And I'm going to try to elaborate on that. Basically, it's like, again, with my example of electricity, you cannot compare the ability to generate electricity at, at the household level with the ability to generate electricity central, centralized. Clearly, they have to be uh, green ways of generating electricity. And in the same manner, there are green ways of uh, doing cloud computing. Most of the cloud computing providers, including the, the likes of Dell, IBM, Microsoft, are highly committed to green and efficiency uh, utilization of computing resources. Uh, from that perspective, I do believe that cloud computing is heavily committed to energy efficiency. And at NCI, at the Cloud Competency Center, we are conscious that that's a priority for us. And so for our listeners out there, where can we see you guys next? Where can we see you speaking next? I am delighted to announce that I'm going to be giving a talk on the 29th of October at the Click Expo 2012. It's a great opportunity because what I would like to talk about on that time on the 29th of October, it's about the opportunities to students to actually train on cloud computing because it does represent a great career move. So yeah. I was delighted when they invited me to the <laughs> Click Expo to talk about this and to talk about cloud computing to demystify the unicorn. Great. Great. So that's in the RDS at Click Expo 2012. Great. Horacio, thank you so much for coming in to talk to me today. It's been a, it's been a pleasure. And thank you very much, Hilary, for inviting me.
Later in the program, we'll be talking to Russell Keating, sales and marketing manager of Sony Mobile, about the new Xperia T. But let's see what's happening in the world of technology this week. Now, first up, the iPhone, which has recently been announced, and there's everybody is so excited about that, has is now available on 302 and Vodafone as of last Friday. And the prices for that are coming in. I think three are selling, are given the 16 gigabyte for 159 euro. O2 are giving the 64 or the 16 gigabyte for 149 as well and um, Vodafone are giving the 16 gigabyte for 49 euro and that's all on bill now also Minister Richard uh, Bruton the Minister for Jobs Enterprise and Innovation officially opened Google's new 75 million euro data centre in Dublin and that new data centre which houses computers that run cloud computing services such as Google Search Engine Gmail and Google Maps ranks amongst amongst the most energy efficient in the world it uses an advanced air cooling system to keep its computers running smoothly taking advantage of Ireland's naturally cool climate as a result this centre does not require costly or power hungry air conditioning units thankfully which were are still used in many traditional data centers and it enables google to reduce significantly its energy requirements and helps maintain its global status as a carbon neutral company good for google we're very pro google here now the good news about this is that it's actually really great for jobs and um, construction of the data center took just under one year to complete and in total over 1000 people working for over 90 specialist building and engineer companies contributed to the build with an average of 250 people working on the site any given day now that's over and over 80% of the business involved were Irish now in total approximately 400,000 man hours were dedicated to design to the design and construction of the data centre and I think that's pretty cool and now that the data centre is open employment there'll be employment for 30 people in a range of jobs including computer technicians electrical and mechanical engineers catering and security staff and if you want to if you're looking for a job in any of those um, sectors open positions can be found on Google Jobs website that's google.com forward slash about forward slash jobs now, Microsoft, more good news. Microsoft are lobbying for 20,000 more high-skilled visas in the US. Microsoft's general counsel and executive vice president, Brad Smith, has said that a lack of qualified applicants for tech jobs in the US is becoming a genuine crisis as the company lobbies for an additional 20,000 visas for highly skilled foreign nationals. Um, Microsoft currently has 3,400 positions available for researchers, developers and engineers in the US, but a lack of required skills is is making recruitment tough. Smith has proposed that US Congress passes legislation to invest in STEM education and he believes this can be funded by allowing 20,000 more H-1B visas, charging employers 10,000 US dollars for every employee that receives. So that's some good news. There is some, there is a lot of work out there if you um, if you have invested a lot of money in, in your college education, certainly look abroad. I mean, if you, well, maybe, I don't know, I shouldn't be saying go abroad, we should be able to be generating this kind of um jobs and an economy here in Ireland ourselves but um, moving on then Google again have been doing pretty cool things they're after um, they've just signed a bill in California which allows them to basically um, engineer driverless uh, cars to go ahead with the technology um, for, for engineering driverless cars. So Google just signed that in, in California, which should be kind of uh, interesting. They're granted the first official holder of a license for a driver-free car. Its testers are now driving solo and the company released a promotional video featuring a legally blind man to showcase the car in action. Go Google. 
Now, otherwise, Samsung are kind of in the news. They've just released the S Health app, which monitors people's health. Now, this is kind of interesting. It's on the S3 and it's on the Galaxy Note um, 10, which will be interesting and very helpful for people with diabetes uh, and people who have specialist kind of um, health issues to monitor their health. Also, Samsung will be, um, they'll be unveiling their new Samsung Galaxy Note 2 on October 9th, which should be kind of interesting, I must say. So we've got Russell Keening from Sony Mobile Ireland here with us today to tell us a little bit about Sony's new flagship handset, the Sony Xperia T, which launch is launching just tomorrow, isn't it, Russell? That's right. Yeah, it uh, hits the Irish market tomorrow, Tuesday morning. Um, so this is yeah, this is our latest Android flagship device, the Xperia T, and essentially it's the ultimate HD experience in a smartphone. So all around the handset, it's it's brought to you all the features in glorious high definition. Right. So elaborate on that, because I know Sony has a lot of different technologies like Exmor or technology, isn't it? And you've got Sony Bravia mobile engine, things like that. Do you want to tell me a bit about those? Yeah, absolutely. I think we're probably known mostly for our audiovisual technology. So that's stuff that's brought over from our Sony products. So on our handsets, we have uh, Sony's Bravia screen technology. As you said, they're the the mobile Bravia engine. Um, On this handset, we've got a HD screen. It's a 4.6 inch screen, uh, so very large. It's it's a full HD screen. Also, the camera on the back is a 13.1 megapixel camera, so really adding to our heritage in imaging. And it shoots video in uh, 1080p HD quality. And then on the front, you've also got a high-definition front-facing camera, which shoots in 720 pixels for video conferencing and Skype calls, etc. So really every, I suppose, element of it is brought in, in high-definition. Great. And this is it's moving on from the Xperia S, isn't it? That's right. Yeah. So the Xperia S uh, we launched six months ago back in March and uh, that continues in our range into next year. But this, I suppose, replaces it as our flagship or, or, you know, our high end um, smartphone. So in terms of the step up from this, from the Xperia S to this, the screen is slightly larger and it's also very slim. So in terms of the design, it goes back to the design of our Arc series handsets like the Xperia Arc and Xperia Arc S. So it means that even though the screen is larger, the handset is the same footprint as Xperia S and it actually even uh, fits the hand is a lot lighter. It's, it's a curved design which fits your hand well. Um, the camera is a step up as well. It goes from 12 megapixel to 13. And also this has expandable memory. So you can hot swap a, um, a micro SD card in there in addition to the, the 16 gigs of onboard memory that comes with it. That's that's pretty that's pretty generous, isn't it? It's like that's uh, so it's 16 16 gigs internal memory and then you could also up that with an extra 32 gig that's right. SD card if you wanted like that's that's pretty good but going back to the design there I've we have the handset in here with mm. us folks for you listening and I'm just looking at it now and you guys have dropped on a design front you've dropped the illuminated strip which was on the S it was I think it was on the P and the U as well wasn't it why did you drop that because I actually kind of liked that <laughs> I thought it was really cool folks if you don't know what it did uh, one of the really cool things about that illuminated strip was if you were um, flicking through your photos on the phone it, the actual light on the on the light strip would mirror what the predominant colours were in the photo so if you had a photo which um, had a lot of pink in it a pink light would come up at the bottom. It was really, really cool. Like That's right. I mean, the, the Xperia S, P and U were designed as a series. So we kind of named them collectively the next series, NXT. And uh, the design ID was common across them all. And I suppose essentially it was to create standout. And, you know, a lot of smartphones look very similar. They're, they're predominantly made of plastic and glass. And that uh, transparent element really gave those handsets standout. And um, what you'll find in our in our 
in our range going forward into next year is that illumination effect is still very much present. So in the Xperia J, which is another handset we're bringing out uh, in October, it has an illumination effect, not quite cutting right through the handset, but also changing colors depending on the themes and the pictures that you're looking at as well. Um, with respect to the Xperia T, the um, the transparent element is is not present in in this handset, but we kind of generally have one or two different design IDs in the market at any one time. So for this one, we've decided to go back to uh, a very slim um, arc style design, which of course was very successful for us in the past. But that's not to say we won't be reintroducing the transparent element again. Yeah, it did. It looked it looked very very cool, I have to say. And so, is it dual core the T or is it? Yes. So this is a dual core one point five gigahertz processor handset. Um, so a lot of people will wonder why um, it isn't a, a quad, a quad core, core, yeah, yeah. quad core processor. And there's a time and a place for quad core handsets, but when we compare this in speed trials to other smartphones out there, um, it actually compares it the same, if not better, than everything else in the market. Also, with a dual core processor, it is um, better on battery life. Um, mm -hmm. It prevents the handset from overheating, and it also makes the phone lighter as well. So, um, you know, consumers definitely won't be disappointed with the speed of the handset. It's extremely fast. Um, but also, um, you know, there's a benefit in terms of your battery, uh, battery life as well. That is that's actually quite interesting. It's something I never actually picked up on myself because I know that the Samsung Galaxy S3, it has a quad core processor and it's its battery did kind of run quite a little bit on, on me yeah. when I when I was reviewing it. But um, and it's also this is PlayStation certified, isn't it? So that's correct. So uh, in addition to the Xperia S, this is uh, also another PlayStation certified handset. Um, we had an, an announcement last week from Japan saying that the PlayStation mobile store will be coming online from November. So in addition to just being great handsets designed, um, you know, in a way that that really promotes game playing, uh, consumers will have access to the PlayStation mobile store as well. So they'll be able to play a range of titles that won't be available to other smartphones. Oh, that's kind of cool. And what other um, kind of apps have you, Sony specific apps, are you, have you got loaded on the T? Yeah, well, coming with the T and then also available on our legacy handsets via a software upgrade, we have a host of new multimedia apps um, for both movies, um, music and uh, your own camera images. So the first one is the Sony Movies app, and this is actually present on uh, the Xperia T. It's coming through the range, as I said, via software upgrade, but you'll also be able to get it on other Sony connected devices. The new Xperia tablet, the old um, Sony Tablet S via software upgrade. So you'll That's see. So sorry to interrupt you. That yeah. software upgrade. Are you talking about Jelly Bean? Is it? Is it because it's ICS at the moment? It's the ice cream sandwich. Yeah. So this handset. Yeah. So basically, we divide our our software upgrade path into two different elements. So as soon as a new software becomes, as soon as a new vanilla release becomes available for Android, we make that available to uh, to our customers. But in addition to that, we also bring out our own software upgrades that maybe change the user interface, bring new apps in. And as soon as they're available, the customer gets a notification at the top. Uh, the user gets a notification at the top of the screen and they can download those wirelessly. Um, so, I mean, the cool thing about this is that, you know, if um, people have various different Sony devices that are connected uh, either through Wi-Fi or SIM card, they'll see this a lot more of a common look and feel going across the range now. So they don't look like they've been kind of designed in separation, which is great. And this app is very cool because in terms of um, previously, I suppose, if you had movies on your handset, you'd take them over from your um, computer or downloaded them directly onto the phone. They just kind of populated in a media player with your the videos that you'd recorded yourself. Um, 
whereas this differentiates actual movies from your own video recordings. In addition to that, regardless of where you've downloaded them from, it will actually populate all the metadata for the movies as well. So it has a grace note uh, lookup function on it. So basically, if you have, for example, um, taken the movie Avatar, which I have here, and uh, once we open that up, you'll see that it populates all the information from the movie, mm. uh, principal cast, the summary, etc. And then it also has the cover artwork for the film as well. So just really, I suppose, helping people to get the most out of their, their video content. And just before um, I let you go, tell me really quickly about the J. The Xperia J. Yeah, Xperia J uh, is designed to be extremely similar to the Xperia T, so uh, but to hit a very affordable price point for Christmas. So it's uh, it will be coming at the end of October. Um, it'll be available for 179 euros, but it's also a four inch uh, fully touch screen handset. Um, it's Wi-Fi uh, enabled. It's got DLNA, so effortless content sharing from your phone and um, it's yeah available in a range of colors so really has all the hallmarks of a fully fledged um high-end android smartphone but it'll be available at a very uh yeah. you know very affordable price now i'm gonna have to let you go because we're running out of time but um i actually really wanted to go through nfc with you because um people listening at home I actually got to um, get a hands on with the Xperia T and Sony have these new speakers which they've recently brought out which are which are NFC enabled and and they are, basically it's throwing content it's screen mirroring is the technology isn't it that you guys are talking about it's DLNA basically yes for we, throwing it up onto a TV and then also and it's NFC for throwing it onto speakers and essentially guys what happens is that you just touch your phone off of the, the NS, NFC speakers and the music just transports onto the speakers and it comes out and you kind of do the same thing with with the TV. It was really cool to see in action, but um, I didn't get to talk to to you about it today. But I guess I just filled people in on it there now. So, Russell, thank you so much for coming in to talk to us today. Not at all. Thank you. And now let's turn to see what's happening in the gaming world this week. And yes, FIFA 13 has arrived. Now, at its most basic, there's not all that much to football. Win possession, pass it around, create an opening and score. And yet, every year we see EA deliver a new FIFA title that adds yet more depth to the game, taking it in an ever more realistic direction while staying true to the sport's key elements. Now, last year, FIFA 12 brought us quite an overhaul, revamping the game engine as well as the defensive side of the play to craft a much more well-rounded title. So it was never going to be likely that FIFA 13 would follow suit with such sweeping changes. Instead we get a game that's focused on the details here with 15, or FIFA 13. Everything that has come before has been tweaked, refined and adapted into the ultimate football simulation. For the last half decade, give or take, FIFA has not only reigned supreme but outdone its past glories with every single iteration. But to claim that FIFA 13 is little more than tweaks and rebalanced mechanics would be a huge disservice to the end project because there's more than enough here to ensure that players will be coming back again and again for their footy fix. Fortunately, despite the inevitable time to adapt, FIFA 13 is an absolute dream to play. The controls are tighter than ever, the responsiveness is spot on and the AI works pleasingly well. All in all, it's difficult to find any serious fault with FIFA 13, but that was to be expected, really. The last half a decade or so has really seen EA, the EA team book up its ideas and deliver great title after great title, and this year's instalment is no different. We're not sure how they keep topping their previous efforts, but EA seems to be unstoppable when it comes to this beautiful game. Long may it continue. 
Well, that's it for this week on the Click Technology Show. I hope you guys all enjoyed the show. Before I go, I've got a little competition for you all out there. I've got one of Sony's latest smartphones to give away, the Sony Xperia P. This stylish little creature has got a four-inch reality display powered by Sony Mobile Bravia engine. It debuts white magic display technology, which gives an ultra-bright and power-efficient viewing experience. And it's got a one gigahertz dual-core processor with 16 gigabytes of flash storage, an eight megapixel camera with fast capture HD recording and Sony technology to capture 2D and 3D panoramic panoramic images. It also boasts HDMI and DLNA connectivity, NFC, and runs ICS Android 4.0 ice cream sandwich. So if you want to win yourself a lovely little Xperia P, then just log on to www.clickonline.com forward slash competitions and enter by answering this simple question. What did Sony Mobile used to be called? Was it A, Sony Ericsson or B, Sony Maloney? Now just head to clickonline.com forward slash competitions to enter and hopefully you could be winning yourself a shiny new Xperia P. That's it from me for this week, guys. Tune in at the same time next week for more technology news with a smattering of games too on the Click Technology Show. Now go have yourselves a lovely afternoon. I'm Hilary Johnson and you're listening to 103.2 Dublin City FM.